This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Well, thank you so much, Sid, and thank you all for joining us again for another Messianic Vision podcast. And I am so excited today to introduce a first-time guest to you. He has experienced the fire of God's healing and deliverance in his own life, and as a result, he shares that hope and freedom with others literally Everywhere he goes, and he goes a lot. His life was transformed from an atheist to a believer in Messiah in an instant. So you're going to see today that in a profound and practical way, he teaches you how to hear, how to recognize, and how to understand the many ways, yes, I said the many ways, of listening to the voice of God. Wow, that gets me excited just thinking about that. He currently travels as a revivalist preacher. Now, also through his social media ministry, From the Mountaintop, people all over the world are being healed and set free. So please welcome my new friend, Darren Canning. Darren, welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, I am so excited to have you, and we always are, are very excited to to introduce a new guest to our audience. So thank you for being here for the very first time. Darren, tell me, you describe yourself as a revivalist preacher. What is that? A revivalist is a way of saying a person operates in the apostolic and uh, the uh, prophetic anointing that we carry an anointing that the places that we go to are transformed by the Holy Spirit when we are there. And people go from uh, really, there's a lot of salvations. There's a lot of people empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we bring that revival spirit uh, to the places that we go. Darren, let me ask you this. I know these are some crazy times we are living in, and I also know that you have been on a journey, quite a journey across your country, and things have been happening. What's going on, and, and, and what is this move that's happening? Well, you know, uh, recently Sid had me on the broadcast because I, I'm from Ottawa, and i uh, I was in the middle of the truckers' protest in Ottawa, which really began to be heard of all around the world. And so I went down there, began to record things, and my media began to explode. And really, up to that point, I had only had 10% of my ministry was Canadian. Mm-hmm. I was traveling. I traveled to 39 countries around the world. I've driven about 200,000 kilometers uh, doing revival meetings all around the world. So what happened was after Sid... I was praying, God, what do you want me to do now? And I had a dream, and I saw revival, a revival spirit, like a, like a move of the Holy Spirit so strong in the mountains of Canada that I woke up knowing I had to, I had to go. And my son, the same night, had a dream. He said, Dad, you're leaving. He woke up in the morning. He said, Dad, you're leaving now. You're going somewhere for ministry. So without knowing where I was going, I jumped in my car, and began to drive 5,000 kilometers across Canada wow. without knowing where I was going. It was, it was crazy. 
And then my phone began to explode, and I had 30 invitations to preach in four different provinces over a three-week period. So I'm like right now, every day in a different town, I have prophesied over about 11 or 1,200 people one-on-one. Every church that we've gone into has been filled with the fire or what we call the presence. It's like a heavy, weighty presence of God. And there's something happening in Canada right now because many of the people that I'm meeting are talking about an increased presence or flooding of the Holy Spirit that's so strong that there's a love that's beginning to birth inside the Christian movement in Canada. Wow, that's amazing. And I know you have been in the past a part of many great revivals that have happened across the U.S., across Canada, even other parts of the world. So you know what revival feels like, don't you, Darren? Oh, I've been a part of so many revivals. <laughs> when I came back to Jesus in uh, 2005, I determined in my heart that I would be wherever revival took place, wherever God told me to go. I would go, and just to see it, just to experience it. I was a trained uh, observer in government, an analyst, and so my job is to observe, and so I observe what God is doing. I've seen revivals break out uh, all around uh, Canada, America, Australia. I've been in India, Africa, Europe. I was in the middle of the terrorist event in Paris uh, five years ago when the 114 people were killed. And I was having revival down the street from that and saw many people touched by the power of God. Well, let me ask you this about what's going on now and and as you travel and the way you are seeing it move. Is this the real thing? Oh, my goodness. Bob Jones, the prophet, spoke a word over me uh, just before he died in 2012. He said, Darren, I had had a dream, and I heard him in the dream say, explosions, explosions, explosions. And he interpreted it for me. And he said, Toronto, the move of the spirit that took place in Toronto under John and Carol Knott was an explosion. But he said, there's two more explosions coming. He said, the one with John and Carol Knott took us to our ankles and revolve. He said, the next one will bring you to your knees and the third one over your head. Well, I'm feeling with what we've seen in Canada, uh, we're going up to it. We're in our knees in revival right now. Yes, yes. Well, I know you have written a book called Hearing and Praying the Voice of God. Wow, that sounds pretty powerful to me just to even say that. Hearing and Praying the Voice of God. Let me quote this. This is you. You said, the enemy cannot stand the voice of the body that hears and prays the voice of God. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's the truth. It's the key, I mean, that's why the enemy tries so hard for us not to hear. Because if we do hear, and if we respond, because there's a measure of hearing, and then there's a measure of obedience. But the measure of obedience to hearing God's Word, it will result not in just fruitfulness for your own life, but you will touch thousands and thousands of people. That is a message that uh, I believe is one of your core messages, and that's something that you have taught and that you have preached and that you spread. And you're talking about obedience. Is that what was happening when you had that dream recently and you knew you had to get up and go? As soon as I get a dream like that, I respond. Because, you know, first of all, I, I practiced the presence of God for so long. Now I know his voice, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I learned that when I would obey him, 
it would result in the greatest blessings for my life. So I'm now addicted to obedience. Yes. <laughs> well, well, that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great. And, you know, speaking of your book, I know that you have taught hearing and seeing and the voice of God for decades. And you say, Darren, that it doesn't matter how you hear or see. What matters is that you do. Right. To be a good hearer of God's Word, first got to be a good student of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So for the first couple of years that I was saved, I just memorized the book because that's the language of God. But now the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He's the helper, the Scripture says, that leads into all truth. So your dreams, your visions, uh, when you trust by faith that it's God speaking and you enter into it, then you begin to see a lot of fruit in your life. Now, the way that he speaks can be different because he's a master of languages. I mean, there are over 6,000 natural languages in the earth, and uh, he knows every one of them. But then there's numbers and there's colors and there's music. There's all kinds of ways God can speak. And so what I learned, and it messed me up in the beginning because I would hear God speak, and it was like, wow, he's speaking through a number? He's speaking through a color? He's speaking. I always remember one time walking down the road, I had been praying, and two people walked by, and they were answering my prayer in their conversation that I prayed the night before. So I began to see crazy ways that God spoke. So I, be, I began to study in the scriptures, and you begin to see God, God speaks in so many different ways. So the book came out of that like journey of of me learning that God does speak in many ways. And you know what? I love that you share that because I have seen that you have said in places that God may already be speaking to us and we just don't recognize it or we just don't know it yet. Absolutely. One of the blockages actually for people who want to hear God who don't think they're hearing God is they limit the way God speaks. So they want God to speak in a certain way, and he's speaking all around them, and they're not recognized. It. So one of the first things I teach people is just say, God, I give you permission mm. to speak to me in any way you wish. And Lord, remove all my blockages to hearing your voice. Yes. So then you're positioning yourself to hear when you do that. Okay, Darren, I want to take you back some, and and just to catch us up here, I know that that you accepted the Lord when you were a little boy, that you came to the altar, you asked him into your heart, you even saw an angel (laughs) standing there, and I remember you wrote, boy, is this guy big. I wonder how big God is if this angel is, is that big. But, you know, a lot of us accept the Lord when we're small, but we really don't even understand what's going on, or we don't grow up into that. But when you were 16, you actually had a commissioning into ministry through a dream. What happened? You know, what's interesting about that is that was in 1988, and that was a huge year for the prophetic movement that many prophets were commissioned in 1988. So the year was significant. What happened was I had a dream, and I had just given my heart to Jesus. I Probably within like four or five months before that, I got filled with the Holy Spirit in a little church in, in Canada here. Suddenly, I started having dreams. And the dream that I had is I was in heaven. Uh, it was a really funny because I was actually in a room where all my friends were, and we were having a great time. We actually were having a pillow fight in this room in heaven. And then 
the same angel that I saw when I was a younger boy, uh, six years later, appeared to me again. I think it was the angel of the Lord. He was about 12, 14 feet tall. He shined in white. Heaven looked like a cloud room, and, and the dimensions were amazing. The ceilings were like 50, 60 feet high. He pointed at me, and he said, come with me. And so the fear of God came over me. So I walked out of the room I was in, and then he walked down the hall that we were in there in heaven, and he suddenly went into another room. And this room contrasted the other room completely. There was no comparison. Mm. I I liken it to the story of Abraham and and Jesus looking across the chasm at the rich man who was in hell. You remember that story? I was at that chasm, and the angel... Uh, began to point things out. It looked like a war zone, That what I was looking at. It looked like rubble. I even saw buildings falling apart. I saw the souls of departed people who did not confess Christ as their Lord and Savior standing in that place. I even saw the tyrants of world history there. And then I saw this cart coming up the middle of the road. It was a horse-drawn cart. It looked like something out of the Middle Ages where there, it was like a I would call it a monkey cage. It wasn't high enough to stand in it. It had wooden uh, bars. Uh, it came up to the middle of the road, and then suddenly I saw my mom inside that cage. At mm. this point, she had not given her heart to Jesus. Wow. This was pre-Jesus for my mom. And the angel, I, I was in horror because my mother was like in hell. And I looked at the angel, and he said, consider her now because you will not consider her again. It was almost like the grace of God is that we will not remember uh, the war that took place in the spirit during this age. Uh, And I remember I woke up from that. That was a commissioning dream because I knew the Lord was saying that there was a room that will be filled with souls that I reached in my lifetime uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I told my mom that dream. She got saved the next day. Oh, my. (laughs) My. She's one of my main prayer people for my ministry. Wow. And, and that, that was a commissioning for you to say, all right, here's your assignment. You go and storm the gates of hell and win these people to the Lord. Whew. That's it. And I, I was empowered. It was, you know, every time heaven touches you, you're empowered with it. So that moment became an empowerment to do what God called me to do. Yes, yes. And how strong of a dream. I mean, once it started in your life, I understand, and we're going to hear more about it, that the dreams and the visions just continue to come. But over the next several years, Darren, you had such a calling on your life that I understand that it was a constant battle for your destiny. God had a plan for you, but the enemy was doing everything in his power to steal it. And here's the battle. You got married. Then you lost your ministry. You became an atheist. The Holy Spirit lifted his presence from you. And you even said, with God out of the picture, unbelief descended on me and I sank into a life of sin. You lost your wife. You divorced. And pretty much you said it was the lowest point in your life. What happened, Darren? Well, the irony... uh is that during that time, I had finished two university degrees. I was now working in some of the highest places in the government of Canada in national security. So on on the outside, it looked like uh, my whole life I had it together. But uh, because I wasn't serving Jesus, the blessing was not there. So I was wrestling with the curses of Deuteronomy. You know, there's the blessings and there's the curses. And every time I turned around, 
it was like uh, the devil was stealing something else from my life because I, I wasn't walking in obedience. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. so important to walk in obedience because it comes with the protection of heaven. So the, the protection during those years was lifted, and I was being tormented by devils, devils of depression, devils of fear. I mean, devils of poverty, you name it, they were coming after me. And I even remember writing the poem during that time saying, it went like this, the hounds of hell conspire to hold me in their grasp as the flames breathe ever higher, their hope, I breathe my last. That's not written by somebody with great joy. You know, that was, no, that was no, no. that's where I was. <laughs> so God knit me in the midst of all that. I was trying to commit suicide one night. I was actually in the closet. I had a cord around my neck. I was leaning forward on the cord, and I was blacking out and seeing stars, and the Lord spoke in that moment. And he said, I have a plan for your life. What are you doing? Wow. And, you know, that was like, like, that, that was like Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you to give you a hope in the future. Well, in that moment when God spoke that, there was this great weighty peace that came, and the truth of that scripture uh, birthed in my heart, and I knew that God could not lie and that this would happen. Whoa. Wow. Well, that was quite a turnaround. I mean, it's like you said in that dream when everything was wonderful and then all of a sudden you looked across and then everything was so drastically different. Well, now God had a plan for you. So tell us about the prophetic dream that you had when he showed you your future. Well, you know, it happened right after the suicide attempt. I think it was the same night, but it may have been the night after. So it was really close to that moment when God initially spoke. I was in my room. I remember being very angry with God uh, for even speaking to me after nine years. I said to him one time, I said, why would you speak to me in the moment I was dying? And he said, that was the only time you would listen to me. And I had a dream, too, like around that time. It was like more of an encounter where I really felt like I was living what I was seeing. I was brought up into the sky in the spirit, about three, four hundred feet off the ground. And suddenly I began to fly like a Canada goose. I was actually a part of like a team of Canadian geese. And uh, really, that's kind of very uh, prophetic because the trucker protest that just passed by was the symbol that was the Canada goose and revival Mm. came through that image. Uh, so I was flying over the cities that I was in, and suddenly I started seeing towns in the distance, and it was nighttime. I could see the lights on the horizon. I would land in those towns, and then I would begin to prophesy and pray, and people were being touched by the power of God. The darkness would break off of them, and then they would form an army filled with white. I remember seeing them like white beings now with red hearts. The scripture says the stony hearts that are broken and their hearts become flesh. They would take the town for Jesus. Then we would fly up into the sky again. And I went from town to town to town like that, which is why I am living now. But back then, it was just a hope. So that was the plan that God had for you. And it was better than my plan. Yes. It was better than my So that is, <laughs> that is a prophetic revivalist. That's what you are. That's right. That's wow. Right. All those years ago, to have a look into your future, how exciting is that? That would have been 19 years ago. 
Wow. And I'm only starting to really, well, I've been living it for a long time, but this season there's a heightened exhilaration that's taken place and we're seeing it uh, happen more and more according to what I saw then. Now, is after you saw that plan for your future, is that when the the uh, the dreams, the visions, the prophetic, really no. really started f- flowing on a regular basis? I'll tell you how that that was. I actually ended up living still with, with all that I just told you. There was there was hope inside, but I actually continued in atheism for two more years. But what happened was, I was at that point not living a good lifestyle. I was into drugs. I was doing crazy things. And uh, Christmas time came and my mother uh, was going to a church out about an hour outside the city. And she said, you need to come to church for the Christmas play because your sister is playing Mary and I'm playing Gabriel. And I said, I will never <laughs> go to that kind of church ever again. But mm. come Christmas time, I got really depressed and sad and I didn't want to be alone. This was back in 2004. The dream would have been in 2002. I went to this church in the country, which was the first Pentecostal church planted in Canada after Azusa Street. And revival broke out at that church again uh, in 2008. Uh, but uh, I was in that church. I, I looked at the preacher who's Mark Redner. He was the pastor of that church. And when I looked in his eyes, I saw fire, like God's fire was in his eyes. And then this weighty peace, which people can feel right now, if you would just let yourself, you can feel the peace in the atmosphere coming through the broadcast. And I declare that you will feel it in Jesus. That peace entered into my heart. I knew I was getting saved in that moment. And that was in 204. And then I met a prophet in, uh, (laughs) <laughs> from New York City. I, I I went I was so hungry wherever God was moving I would go. Well I went to this black church conference. I think there was only me and one other white person and like five hundred people in that church and I was there because the spirit of God was burning. This prophet got up and he began to prophesy my destiny. He said, I see you traveling around the world. I see that media will be a big thing in your future and that you will lead many to the Lord. And then he said I release the mantle of dreams and visions upon you now. And that night, the dreams began, and they never stopped. I dream almost, I would say dream every single night. There has not been a time I've not dreamt. My goodness. That time. So you received an impartation of the dreams and visions in the dream. And then I know a lot of people say, when I receive then I can release. Is that is that what happened with you, Darren? Did now that you have received this mantle of dreams and visions, are you able to impart to others? Oh my goodness. I have people telling me all the time they see me in their dreams and I'm actually releasing dreams to them in their dreams. Think about that. I mean that 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 happens. I there was one gentleman from Australia saw me in a dream. He's and he heard my name, but he never heard of me in his life before. But he heard my name in a dream. So I, in that dream, gave him keys for seeing in the spirit over cities. So he woke. He said, "I spent hours. I spent like two, three hours with him in the spirit, teaching him the keys for seeing in the spirit." When he woke up, he googled me, and he said he was shocked to find out that I was a revivalist from Canada. I ended up walking a beach with him in Australia uh, probably two months later. 
And next thing you know, his ministry exploded, and it's now global. And he's a he's a he's a well-known seer in the spirit. So yes, impartation is exactly. And I do release it. I've released it over thousands of people, and many people begin to see in the spirit. Many people begin to prophesy. The gifts of the spirit begin to operate, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is to me the peace of God, the joy of God. It's just as important as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. Well, let me take just a second here and let everybody know about this wonderful resource package that you are putting together for them. It is your book called Hearing and Praying the Voice of God. That's exciting. And also... I love that. (laughs) I do, too. Every time I say it, every time I say (laughs) it, I love it. And you are going to be recording exclusively... For our It's Supernatural and Messianic Vision audience here, a three-CD teaching series, and this is going to be called Hearing God's Voice, Praying God's Prayers. Now, I know as soon as you hear that out there, you're going to say, what, what, what does that mean? Well, we're going to be talking to Darren a little bit about that shortly, but I wanted to let you know that Sid will be here at the end of the program, and he will tell you exactly how you can get this package that will be so, so vital in these days in your Amen. life. Hearing and Praying the Voice of God and the audio teaching series, Hearing God's Voice, Praying God's Prayers. Well, you know what, Darren? I would love to just jump right into some of the teaching. I know a lot of people have seen and heard of books that describe things, that teach them, you know, what does this mean? What does that mean? What what kinds of ways might I hear or might I see God? So I would love to dig into that if that's good with you. So uh, something that I, yeah, something that I noticed earlier that you said, we cannot limit God because there's so many different ways that he wants to, not that he just will, but he wants to speak to us and he wants for us to hear him. Yeah, you know, I mean, God is infinite, which means that there's no limits to his capacity to speak. So a lot of people, they want to hear God through the Bible. And I get that because the Bible is the best book of all time. Uh, But God is not limited to speaking to you just through the book. Uh, many of us are familiar with the witness of the Holy Spirit and the small, still voice mm-hmm. inside of us, mm-hmm. and we, we can feel that. Uh, the, you know, one of the things that I had to learn was when I would experience God's peace and those things, this became my interpretation that if I entered into what he was saying, the peace would be there. So that kind of testified to me that God was speaking. Yes. But, you know, there's, God is a God who speaks through symbols. You know what I mean? Like, you even know, if, even like through the Hebrew language, it's not just a word that the actual letter represents something and it's symbolic. So God is a God who speaks through symbolism. So you you see a bird fly by and it really stood out to you and it was a blue bird, you know what I mean? And you said, that blue bird really just stood out to me. God, what does that mean? And to me, that would be like, God is speaking his revelation inside of you, bringing freedom. And I began to know uh, that I remember one of the first images I got was a, of a bright blue butterfly flying, and I was chasing it in a vision. And I said, God, what is this? He said, you've been set free, and now your childhood is back, and you can run after revelation because the butterfly represented freedom and revelation. So uh, I began to pray into what the symbols were. Yes. And that was a long, long time. I still There's still times that God brings a new thing to me, and I have to pray it through. Mm-hmm. So I probably have like a thousand symbols now 
that when I prophesy and I start seeing these things, I begin to prophesy freedom or whatever that symbol represents. Yes. Well, I know you are primarily a seer as far as your gifting. So you see a lot of things like in the dreams and the visions, of course, that's very common for you because you are a seer. For people that aren't, or have not encountered this before, let's name a few of these and let you explain what is this, and this is what you're going to be learning about, and this is what you believe they will begin to encounter. Let's start with an open vision. Well, you know, an open vision is maybe you're just standing around and suddenly uh, you're, you're awake, you're looking, but suddenly a scene begins to play out inside of your eye, in front of your eyes, you know? I remember one time I was in a meeting. I was praying for a lady with my eyes open, and a young man, which was her son, appeared in front of my face, and he went from uh, depression to extreme joy in that encounter. So I spoke this to her, and she said, my son is not a Christian, but now you've given me hope that he will become a Christian. So it was a scene that played out in front of my eyes. Now, a closed vision is really very simple. You're just sitting back, your eyes are closed, and then this happened to me today. Sometimes I'll go into towns, I'll close my eyes, and I know how to enter into visions. I've learned to do that. I've learned to just rest and wait for things to appear. Well, I'll sit back with my eyes closed, and suddenly uh, in a town two days ago, I started seeing witchcraft spirits fly by my eyes. So I knew that night I would uh, pray and declare the breaking of witchcraft off of people's lives. A divine sight, and the divine sight is kind of interesting because uh, what, what happens is God begins to uh, highlight things around you. And you're looking at a sign, but suddenly the sign looks like a cross. Mm. So that suddenly God begins to speak through a symbol uh, that really uh, somebody else would look at the same thing and not see it, but you begin to see patterns. People look up at the sky and they see stuff in the clouds. I remember one time. Uh, I was looking up at the sky, and I saw the angel of the army of the Lord over that city that I was going into, and I saw it in the clouds. It was just a cloud pattern. So, But it became, for me, a prophetic word that I released, and many people were touched by the power of God. I, I had a uh, prophet, Bob Jones, I think I already mentioned him, and many of you know who he is, uh, released the gift of seeing angels upon me. Mm. So immediately I began to see flashes of light. And I remember suddenly I would see a blue flash, and I knew that that meant a certain thing, that God was going to give people revelation. Then I would see a different color. I don't want to get into it because too much, but one would represent the healing. Another would represent the fire of God. And and I remember one time one of these flashes hit somebody, and they lifted off the ground and went back and hit the wall after that that angel appeared. So there's many ways, colors that are symbolic. I I have been in heaven. I'll just tell you that many times. And one of the things is, because it's a spirit realm. It's not like our realm, okay? So it's spirit. And I remember seeing like a great, beautiful blue light over everything. And the angels and the souls of perfect, the great cloud of witnesses, uh, like in Hebrews, came and saw, saw me. And I saw them, but they were glowing. In blue. So when I see that color blue, I know heaven is invading earth. Yes. Uh, And and so that's the way I began to see. Yes. And I I know when we begin to see in the supernatural realm, in the spiritual realm, you don't always just see these like clouds and lights and beautiful things, right? I mean, it's so vitally important for us to understand this because sometimes you see things that 
aren't so lovely. Right. I've been to hell. You know, we're born into a war. You know what I mean? This is not, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand it, but there's a full-fledged war taking place in the spirit. Our our fight is not against flesh and blood, right. but against powers and principalities. So once you begin to understand it's a war, then a lot of that trauma and nightmares that you have are actually demonic attacks upon your mind. And so the Lord wants you to deal with that uh, in the spirit. I love the one of my uh, mentors used to say, uh, what God reveals, he heals. And mm. so when you're seeing dark things in the spirit over your life, God is showing you that so that you will deal with them and take authority over them. So even over towns, when I see, I actually had a dream I shared with Sid before about these demonic principalities that were over Chicago in, in America, and they were breeding death and destruction. Well, when I saw that in the dream, I knew God was saying I had authority over it. And another part of that dream was that there would be revival in Chicago and thousands would be touched by the power of God and brought to salvation. So what God revealed in the demonic realm was for me to speak to it and tell it to come down. And I believe he does that yes. with many intercessors. I'm not just, I'm, I'm an intercessor too. So I will pray that God brings it down. And then the result is something good will happen. So God will show you, allow you to see dark things in order to heal you and to bring a greater power and authority into your life so you can speak to those same things and tell them to uh, to get out, really. Wow, that is why I think this is just so, so important for us, especially in these times, so that we do have the knowledge of what to do, so that we're not caught off guard, so that we know just as the point that you made when you see something, whether in a dream or a vision or an open vision, when you see something, you ask the Holy Spirit about it, you ask God what you should do about it, and then you pray into that. And that's key, what you just said. We always have to bring the Holy Spirit into the question. And Daniel said that it was God who was the interpreter of dreams. So when you realize that, when you see something, you say, Holy Spirit, what does that mean? I teach people this. You ask the Holy Spirit that the first thing that flashes into your mind becomes the interpretation. Yes. And so you begin to pray that way. And that's what takes away the fear. That way we understand who we are and we do not have to be afraid. You know, I'm just thinking, would would you pray right now? I know we pray at the end of the program, but would you pray for yeah. any fear uh, that anybody might be experiencing at this moment to be gone? Yeah, there's a lot of that. And I used to, I used to have a spirit of fear on me, too. I get it. But I got to tell you something, guys, you do not have to worry about a thing. I love that scripture where Elisha is up on the mountain, his servant's sitting there, and the armies are surrounding him, and he goes, Elisha! <laughs> uh, and Elisha's like really sitting back having a Coke and a bag of chips and not worried at all with his feet up. And he says, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. Mm. And you know that story. Yes. Whew. So I just declare that your eyes are opening in the spirit right now. And the things that might frighten you, you're going to see why you do not have to be afraid. You're going to see the angel armies, amen? You're going to see the power of God revealed in your life. You're going to see, you're going to have a hope for tomorrow. And, you know, I love this scripture. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, make your requests made known to God. Oh, and it, then it says, the God of peace will come and guard your hearts. Yes. So I just declare over you right now that the God of peace is coming to protect.
protect your hearts. Do not stop praying. Always ask God to come into the center of your fear, because when he comes, the truth will set you free. Amen. Amen. You know, this it's sometimes when we hear people talk like this and we hear some of our wonderful guests like yourself talk like this and we're thinking, but you know, but what about me? I'm not like Darren. What about me? But this should not be uncommon for any believer, should it, Darren? No, I, I was not always who I am today. I had to learn these things. And uh, I love that, you know, it's a day-by-day walk and the renewal of the mind is daily. We need to be bringing Jesus into our every thought. We need to make captive all of our thoughts to Christ. So whenever I have anxiety or fear, I just, and I still do, I had to get inner healing this morning. It just, I had to invite Jesus into a broken thought this morning and right after I was free. So I've, I've learned, like I said, to be addicted to inviting Jesus into my thoughts because the blessing and the peace that results uh, is not even, you cannot put a value on it. There's no money. Uh, there's nothing you can give me that would be greater than the peace that God has yes. put in my heart. Yes. Now, I know we didn't prepare for me to ask you this, but but let me ask you, will you tell us right now, everyone that's listening, when you said, sometimes I have to invite Jesus into my thoughts and then I am free. Will you walk us through that? What does that sound like? What does that look like? Well, you, you want to hear a wild story? Of course. <laughs> because I was a national security person, uh, there's a fear of, uh, of uh, national security that can be upon a person when you're in that community. There's a heavy spirit uh, within that community. And I remember... I was flying around the world, and I ended up in Russia. (laughs) And and, and suddenly when I got there, this spirit began to manifest, and the fear that was upon me was just intense. I actually uh, was convinced for, like, it was almost like my mind got a little bit warped, and I was like, they're watching me. They're watching me, and they're going to throw me in jail and all this kind of stuff. So in the midst of all that fear and anxiety, I heard the Lord say, silence yourself now mm. and listen to my voice. I am about to, he brought me to Russia to set me free from a tormenting spirit. And I wasn't possessed. I was being tormented by that spirit. And in Russia, the Lord showed me why I did not have the fear. He came into my thoughts, renewed my mind. He said, even here, I am with you. Even in this place, I am with you. And that brought like a fiery peace. And I've never... And I've had hundreds of encounters like that. But every time it happens, uh, one time I was in India, I was all alone. And I remember I was like a little, like there was a loneliness and I was sad. I said to Jesus, come into my thoughts. He, he went, came in like this. You are never alone. Wow. Will, I will always be with you. And I, since that time, I've never felt alone again. So inviting them into all the broken thoughts. As soon as you're aware of a broken thought, And a broken thought is like, you know, it produces depression, fear, and anxiety. But a thought from the Lord produces joy, peace, and hope. So the more you lean into Christ and your thoughts are renewed, the more peace you will carry. So you verbally do that? I mean, audibly, out loud, you do that? I do that every single day. Every single day. As soon as I identify a thought, I, I go through the process that I just spoke to you. And it's audibly. Sometimes I have a, I'm surrounded by a wonderful community of believers that we all walk this way. And uh, oh, so I, some, 
sometimes if it's difficult, I'll have them pray with me too. Whew, whew. <laughs> I like the sounds of that. Okay, let's move on here. Let's talk a little bit about, I'd, I'd just like to get a little more information into everybody that's listening of what they're going to be learning, what they're going to be hearing and seeing from your book and your teachings. Tell us, what are some of the reasons that God would give us a dream or show us something? Why does he do that? You know, we get warnings, like, uh, I'm one of those guys who struggles with its weight a bit. Can I be honest with you? Of course. I, you know, most, most of my life, I struggle. So I was starting to eat a little heavy again after Christmas, and the Lord sent an angel, and he said, if you keep doing that, you're going to get even fatter, just like that. So I ended up starting to diet the next day. So warning dreams, uh, guidance and alignment. Like when I left, uh, as I said, I had the dream two and a half weeks ago about uh, crossing Canada, he will guide you. And I tell you what, what happened. You, uh, when I did do that, suddenly I was aligned differently in my call. Mm-hmm. So obedience produced a promotion in the spirit. And my name went right out across Canada because of what I was doing. So guidance and then intercession. God will often give you a dream just to intercede. Some people get dreams of other people and they see them struggling or something like that. As I said earlier, what God reveals, he heals. So when God get my mother had a dream of me when I fell into atheism and she saw me curled up on a ball in the, on the floor and the Lord says, pray for him because he's going to go through hell in the next season. And her prayer sustained me through that. We'll learn about Jesus. We'll learn about the Holy Spirit. We'll learn about God. I met the Father two or three times in dreams. And every time he was a playful God, he was a generous God. He spoke destiny into me. He told me I had a destiny. So you learn about the nature of God, but you also learn about who you are. Yes. Like in a dream, the Lord spoke my destiny. As I told you, I had those dreams that I described over. There were other ones where he called me a prophet and he called me other things. And these actually begin to alight your destiny so that you begin to walk into it. Uh, and then there's the nature of heaven and hell. I've seen heaven. I've been. I've seen my house in heaven. I've seen my grandparents there. I've seen uh, family members who passed on, and I begin to understand that they're okay. Heaven is a good place. I've, uh, I mean, God has got such beauty prepared mm. for you. I've seen like the flowers and animals I've never seen here over there, and it's just gorgeous. And oh, if you think that's strange, I'll tell you what. If you go around the world, you're going to see animals you've never seen yes. before or flowers <laughs> you've true. never seen before. So. Heaven is like that, too. But hell, uh, I've, I've seen hell so many mm. times. Uh, and, and what happens when I see that is there's a compassion for souls that comes to me. And I want to preach the gospel in a way that gets them free from that hell. Hell doesn't begin in hell. Hell begins before Christ. If you don't have Christ, part of you is already in hell. That curse, that depression, fear, that's hellish. And so when you preach the gospel, it breaks that from people. But God will show you why people shouldn't go there. And then I talked about emotional healing. Sure. I've had many dreams where I've been healed in the dream, like where God spoke a word over me. And the very word brings healing to me. I had one crazy encounter one time where I had an impartation uh, from a prophet 
showed up in my dream many times. I've had many prophets. I've had prophets show up in my dream and teach me the Word of God. I, I've actually, as I told you earlier, traveled in the Spirit. Hundreds and hundreds of people have told me that they've seen me in dreams, and I, I gave them the Word, or I corrected them, or I did something. But one time this prophet showed up, and he cracked. I had like an eggshell over my spirit, and he broke it. And suddenly light began to manifest and, and go out, and suddenly I began to manifest the same spirit that I saw operating through that man. So you'll, you'll receive impartation, empowerment, uh, instruction doctrinally. Uh, God used to give me scriptures and visions and dreams, and suddenly I knew the Word of God better than I did before. Uh, and then ministering to others, you'll actually, you know, one of my uh, one of my favorite scriptures for teaching people about dreams and visions and transporting the spirit is the scripture that says that the man from Macedonia came to Paul and he said, "Come." It doesn't say an angel showed up or anything like that. It's an actual man right. who was hungry for the things of the spirit appeared to Paul and asked him to come to Macedonia. And and so I believe that we still do that. I've had dreams. I remember one time <laughs> I was down in Australia and studiedly the angel over Europe appears to me and he goes, welcome. And within uh, five weeks, I was preaching in five nations in Europe. And that's when we saw the revival break out in the middle of the terrorist event in Paris, France. My goodness. <laughs> that's a mouthful right there. Do you wake up tired? Uh, you know what? I'm tired, but it's a good tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? I tell people all the time, when you work for the Lord, you'll be busy. You'll be tired, but you'll be completely fulfilled. That's wonderful. I always say, you know, we're right here at Sid Roth Ministries. We stay busy. We have got, it's not we're like, busy. it's not like which project are you going to do next? It's which of the six projects am I going to do next? That's so right. we stay busy, but you know what? Wow, is it a good busy? And I always say, I would rather be busy than bored. So, yeah, me too. oh man. I, 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 Dangerous when I'm bored. You know, actually, I should break that word off myself right now. That's a place for inner healing right there. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Well, we've been talking yeah. a lot about seeing things, visions and dreams. Oh, you know, another way that I see is I, sure. I'm a prophetic artist. I've painted 3,200 paintings. And the Lord speaks to me and I paint images. And then these become prophetic words for other people, too. I've seen some of those paintings. Yes, I absolutely have. That is amazing. Now, did you study this, or is this something that you feel like that you were gifted with? Well, I've studied to show myself approved, but <laughs> I never did any force or anything like that. I actually had dreams where angels appeared and touched me, and I began to be able to do art in a new way. I would see paintings in the spirit, and I would do them. But when I got imparted with the artistic expression of the creativity, suddenly your mind begins to see in creative patterns. So you're studying. I've studied like 50,000 paintings in my life just to understand how art is formed. Mm -hmm. and, and so you can't stop creating when you get that anointing for creativity. I also got touched by a social media angel, and suddenly I knew how to grow my audience to reach uh, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people all around the world. I got touched by a, another angel called photography, and all of a sudden I became a professional photographer 
all these different things. And, and all these things are, I've got 12 pages in social media for art, for photography and all these, you know what, my art and my photography, you know, the nations they're reaching, Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, uh, all these nations are watching my art, and God is using it to get to places I can't go to on my foot. You know what? I was just thinking of something, Darren. It, is it okay for us to ask, to say, God, I want you to open up the giftings that yeah. you want me to have? Well, that's what the Bible says to do. Yes. The Bible in First Corinthians chapter 12, if you read there, it talks about, first of all, apostles, then prophets, then uh, miracles, then administrations. And then a little bit below there, it says, but desire the greater gifts. It's a command to desire to become the gift. So we don't have to just sit and say, I wish that were me, or I wish I had that gifting. It's okay for us to ask. It's okay for us to say, God, I want you to show me something in my dreams. I know you even ask God questions when you go to bed at night. Sometimes you ask him questions and you get the answers in your dreams. Well, if God don't give me the answer tonight, I tell him he didn't give me the answer and I'll ask him again tomorrow night. <laughs> I don't I don't take no for an answer from God. I think he loves that, to be honest with you. He loves he wants us to pursue him. He wants us to go after the treasure of revelation. And there's nothing that pleases God's heart more to give good gifts to his children. The greatest gift that he can give you is wisdom. Because wisdom will form your destiny. So you should be asking God. It's not a matter if I should. Every single day, you should be inviting God into your every consideration for your life. So I do every day. Like right now, I was like, God, I want to sow a big seed into this ministry, but should I do it? And he hasn't answered yet. So I'm waiting upon the Lord to actually hear his voice clearly to know what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So I I do that all the time. this This is how I live my life. Well, you know, we've got a few minutes left, and I want to make sure that we get to hearing God's voice. I know you kind of got it mixed in a little bit with seeing and hearing here, which is wonderful. But like we said, you're primarily a seer, so you have a lot of dreams and visions and visual type things. But for those that want to hear God's voice and know that we are hearing God's voice, let's talk a little bit about some of the ways that God may speak. I think earlier you mentioned the still small voice that it might be just something very quiet and very tiny. How important is it for us to listen for that and to recognize that? Well, I mean, if you don't listen to it, you're going to go around that mountain many times. And so really, if you want to consider it this way, every time God speaks direction, it becomes a test to you whether or not you're going to obey. And there's a scripture that says there's no pleasing God without faith. So, a lot of people, well, how do I know I hear God's voice? By faith. And then how do I how do I step into it? By faith. And even there's going to be times you step into it and answers, and then you're going to have to believe by faith that what just happened was from God. Uh, you, you, you really just have, there's no pleasing God without faith. So you'll hear and you might think, is that God or not? But then as you step into it, God will give you, this is what it means from going from faith to faith or from glory to glory is that as I respond to God with the little faith I have and I see the result, then I go from greater measures of faith. I learned that from Paul Young Cho or David Young Cho. 
he came to my Bible school when I was 18, and he talked about how his ministry went from him walking from uh, village to village to believing for a bicycle to having a church for one million people. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, if he can do it, I can do it. I can do it. (laughs) If he can do it, I can do it. And I said, God, I want faith like that. And that's what began to happen. (laughs) You know, another one that's so interesting to me is uh, you talk and teach about bodily sensations. That is a way that God can actually speak to us. And people may not think about that as, okay, God is trying to tell you something here. Is that for that's for ministry? Like if you're praying for someone. Yeah, we we tapped into this through the community that was a part of. Uh, we would, uh, one of the people that I met who mentored me in this and said, there's times when uh, he has a pain in his body that he knows is not his pain because he, he doesn't struggle with this. So he learned that God was actually trying to show him that somebody in the room probably was struggling with that thing. So he would begin to call out those words and suddenly somebody would stand up with the exact condition that he had and get healed in that moment. So it was a word of knowledge. That's what we call a word of knowledge. Yes. Yes. So let me take just a second here and let everybody know once again of this resource package that Darren has put together. And I know this type of teaching, you can order it for yourself. A lot of people have small groups in their church that you get together with a few members and study certain things. This would be a fabulous resource for that, for your family, for your church library. It is Darren's book, Hearing and Praying the Voice of God, Darren's three-CD audio teaching series called Hearing God's Voice, Praying God's Prayers. So be sure to listen for Sid at the end of the program, and he will tell you exactly how you can get that. So, Darren, I just mentioned your teaching series, Hearing God's Voice, Praying God's Prayers. Now, when you say praying God's prayers, what do you mean by that? What I learned when I was a young man was that if I waited on the Lord to hear his voice, he was going to speak things to me that he wanted for me to have in my life. But in order to actually enter into it, I had to say, God, you want me to do this thing, but Lord, show me how to do it. But Lord, I declare that it will come to pass. So I began to enter into a dialogue. You know, here's a good example from Scripture. Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. Remember that story? Uh, of the prophet. I mean, I love this guy. This guy, Ezekiel, he's there standing with God, hearing God speak. And God says to him, can these bones live? (laughs) He's like, God, I have no idea if these bones can live, but the Lord said, speak it. So he prayed back to God because there's an authority in the voice of the person who speaks the words of God. These are the manifest wisdoms of God, which is spoken about in Ephesians chapter 3. When you speak God's word back, there's a creative capacity that begins to take place so that what is from God, the word that is from God, which in the case of Ezekiel was the valley of dry bones, came back to life because of the word that Ezekiel prayed back to God. So I learned that when I would get a word from the Lord and I would begin to declare that word over my life or over whoever, whatever, even over towns and cities. One time I declared over a province in Canada that the spirit of poverty was going to be broken. And within two years, 
that province went from being one of the poorest in the country to one of the richest. So you need to hear God's voice and then begin to declare what you hear back, like Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. Yes. So, so what is your first step to hearing God's voice? I mean, uh, <laughs> I believe you said you know, that. The scripture says, seek me and yes. you shall find me when you seek me with all your heart. So first is to abandon all your own ways and to actually enter into a deep intimacy with the Holy Spirit. For me to break into what I'm living today, I actually laid down in the Spirit for nine months and just began to seek God with all my heart. And until I heard him, I wouldn't do anything. At one time, he even said to me, be quiet, just be quiet or be still and know that I am God. So I actually had to stop uh, really even doing anything until he got me to the place that I actually heard him. And that is the, once you actually break in and begin to hear him, which will happen if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. That's what the scripture says. But you have to abandon, and some people will give up and say, well, I tried. I always tell people, you say that, you actually haven't tried. Because if you have really tried and you continue to try, then it will birth inside of you and you will hear his voice. So you, and in order to do that, you've got to be still and you've got to clear your mind and you've got to wait upon the Lord. But then, you know, as I said earlier in the broadcast, there's just moments of impartation. As you're waiting upon the Lord, suddenly someone will come and release something. Then you're dreaming. Then you're having visions. Then you've got to respond to it. And then you pray back to God. And as I've done that, I mean... I've seen my life go from two two suitcases with hardly anything in it to being highly blessed and favored. Yes, yes. To traveling 39 nations, to uh, seeing thousands and thousands of people uh, healed and delivered. I've actually prophesied over 50 or 60,000 people one-on-one in 39 nations. And all of that because I responded to God's voice. Yes. So... Just to make it simple, you know, I, I, I love just a simple thought, a simple word. But just to make it simple, if I'm hearing you correctly, hear and then obey. That's all you do. Just wow. Uh, when he, you do what he says and you look like a genius. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you're making it easy for us. And God has made it easy for us when he says, hear my word obey my word, and then the blessings. So, Darren, honestly, thank you so much. I want to make sure that you have just a moment here to pray for those. And if you have any words that you would like to release at this point, if you have any words of knowledge or any ministry that you would like to do at this point, take these last minute or two and just speak to those that are listening, please. Uh, What I love to do whenever I get a chance to, to minister to people is to declare with long life, Hmm. he will satisfy you, which is in Psalm 91. Yes. And and really, I just declared divine health. So I think I I felt like there were people out there right now, somebody has a knee injury, and I just declared that's going to be healed. And there's somebody out there, mama, your son is not doing good in the natural. You're looking at that person's situation. And you're worried because you even heard them speak about suicide. And I just want you to know they're going to be fine. Uh, The Messiah, Jesus, is appearing to them. I declare it just like he did for me. I declare over your family right now, get ready to hear 
the sound of Jesus speaking powerfully into the hearts of the broken. I'm now seeing somebody out there who's been having some bleeding issues. Uh, you're having some issues where you're bleeding and it's not been stopping. I declare it stops now in Jesus' name. There's somebody else out there right now. I see a very lonely heart, and I just declare that Jesus is bringing you friends in, yes. in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, yes. Darren, thank you so much for being with us today. I want to thank everyone for listening. And now here's Sid. The Messianic Vision Podcast is moving. Look for us wherever you listen to podcasts by searching for Messianic Vision and looking for the logo of Messianic Vision. Stay up to date with our latest episodes coming soon just for you. We've created a brand new podcast called Treasures from Heaven with host Kelsey O'Malley. When you listen to Treasures from Heaven, you will experience the awe and power of being in God's presence. God has so much in store, you don't want to miss a thing.